And so I'm going to ask you today, if you will turn into your uh, Bible, into your hands, to the 19th chapter of John. And we're actually going to look at the last four verses of that. And I want you to, while you are turning there, or if you don't have a Bible, you need to get one. If you don't have the money to get one, we'll get you one. I'm that serious about it. So whether you're on the app or you're on a, a computer or a laptop or a whatever, iPad, uh, just go ahead and get that place there. And I do want to say this while you're turning. The Lord just reminded me that I want you to get used to watching the service or at least know how to get to it uh, online or on the app because we don't know with, you know, we're always doing all this stuff talking about COVID, but I need to prepare you and let you know that the gospel's not always going to be available through the avenues that we and other people are using right now. So uh, you, if you go to multitudeschurch.com, you can uh, watch us live or on the app. Uh, all the instructions are very simple uh, right there in front of you. And if we get uh, denied or shut down at other places, then you'll know that you can still tune in. So we thank God for being able to do that. So we're going to look at really verses 38 through 42. And I'll go ahead and put 38. Uh, they have it on the screen for you now. And so I want you to just hold this thought because I need to tell you about this story a little bit. The Bible says that in the third chapter of John, Jesus is giving a one-on-one -on -one conversation. He's giving an, a lesson, but he's having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Nicodemus. Now, uh, Nicodemus was of the Jewish council. He was a Pharisee, and he was well-respected among his peers. He was a very religious man, and he held to the law. He was uh, serious about what he did, and he loved God. But in the third chapter of John, and all of you know that John 3.16 by far is the most well-known scripture probably in the entire Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Sinners even know this scripture. If you watch football, you'll see it sometime in the stands, just the, the reference of it. So this is all based on the conversation Jesus is having with this ruler. And he is curious, Nicodemus is, and about Jesus. In fact, this meeting is going on at night. And while he's having this meeting with Jesus, Jesus is answering some critical questions for him. He's uh, asking him uh, different things about, uh, you know, about being born again. And he's asking him things about the water and also about uh, the spirit. He said, what do you mean when you talk about the water of spirit? Spirit, Can a man be born again by going into his mother's womb? And so Jesus is taking his time in this conversation, and he's letting him know, no, uh, that that's born of the flesh is just going to stay in that same condition. It's going to stay in a fleshly condition. But that which is born of the spirit, he said, you've got to be born of the spirit 
or and of the water or you cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't do it. He said, I'm just telling you this, Nicodemus, and I'm paraphrasing now, but he's, ta he's taking his time and he's telling Nicodemus all of these things because he, ha he knows there's a hunger there. Jesus spots a hunger and a desire to really know because the peers of Nicodemus are really a part of a group that wants to have Jesus executed and just done away with. So Jesus detects and knows that this is a, a very uh, interesting thing and Nicodemus is warming up to it. And then he, he explains all the things to him and that leads us up to John 3.16 where he tells him how much God loved the world and how being born of the water and the Spirit actually all tie together. And so, one other time we read about Nicodemus in the Bible. It's in the seventh chapter of John, I believe, where he says, he says this right here, when Jesus is being accused, and he, he tells his peers, and I know he's taking up for Jesus, buying time. He says, does, does our law... Do we, do we condemn or sentence a man before we, uh, you know, hear him out? So what he's saying, don't we give him a man a fair trial before we do all this? And you hear nothing else about Nicodemus until where we're going to go this morning. And so at this time, we're going to look at verse 38 together, and we're going to read. And the Bible says that after Jesus was crucified... And he was buried, and people were mourning. You know, the temple veil had been torn in two, all that. And then he's hanging on the cross. And verse 38 says, And uh, after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus and bound it in strips of linen with the spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury. And verse 41 says, Now in the place where he was laid, now in the place where he was crucified, rather, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. And the last scripture I want you to look at with me is, is this that just says, So there they, they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day for the tomb was nearby. And again, I want to draw your attention. Take your time and read those four words. So there are five words. So there they, meaning Joseph, and Nicodemus, they laid Jesus after they had spent 
time of preparing him and no doubt worshiping him because he is worthy of all the praise and they were getting the opportunity to do this. The Bible said they did this together. And the last time we had heard from Nicodemus was when he was kind of standing up for Jesus. And I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about that today and I want everybody here, I want you to listen Regardless of where you are in this building, I want you to listen and I want all of you that are watching online, I want you to hear me because I, again, I am talking to the body of Christ and I want you to understand this because we are living in a critical time, folks. Nicodemus is represented in these scriptures, but I see, I see Nicodemus today. I see Nicodemus in the church of our living God. I do. I see Nicodemus because Nicodemus was a very, very religious man. He had a religious title. He had uh, a religious background, religious training. And he is like a lot of us. We've been to church for a very long time. We were raised maybe in Sunday school or in some special church-sponsored club. And we know a lot of things. We know a lot of the songs. We know a lot of the customs of the church. When I was growing up, we had things like Old Fashioned Day. I, I, somebody ought to explain that to you sometime, where we all wore old-fashioned clothes, looked like a little house on the prairie or a Walton's gathering. And everybody dressed like that, and they came to church, and then they brought... Food, and we all had food outside, and usually the preacher would preach again. I just, I just spoiled that for a lot of you right there, but that's what they did, or they had a big singing. And that's what one of the many customs we had growing up. And a lot of us have all kinds of religious experiences like that. We have a Nicodemus uh, type of attitude that we've been religious. We've done a lot of things, man, but we haven't actually been so interested in Jesus that we have, we have followed through and put our lives on the line and we've gotten to a place where we don't want to hide at night anymore. We don't want to just let Joseph do all the work by himself, but we are going to actually spend our own money because he, again, is worthy of our praise. We're going to spend a hundred pounds of aloe and myrrh and we think enough of Jesus. I now don't depend on old-fashioned days anymore. I don't depend on gospel singings anymore. I don't uh, depend on church pageants anymore. I myself have done what Nicodemus, I've put all my religious background and I've put it on a shelf and then I've wiped the shelf clean and I've actually got my hands on Jesus myself. And now I'm no longer talking to him about what's possible, but now I've got my hands on him and I have tasted and seen that Jesus himself is Lord and Savior of my life. It's not in a title anymore. And a lot of people that I'm talking to today and a lot of people in the body of Christ, you have a head knowledge. You have a religious background. You have a church background. 
but you've never, ever been part of worshiping Jesus with Joseph. And that's what the Lord wants to do today. He wants to see if you are just still happy, if I'm still happy with just, you know, doing all the things, or do we just really have to have Jesus? And God wants to know, are you at a place right now with COVID-19, with cryptocurrency, with the new world order, the need for one religion, the need for being able to track everybody? And I can go on and on and on, 100% compliance from the human race all over the earth. Are you willing to steal just practice religion, go through the motions. Are you at a place right now where you say, Opie, and I'm going to tell a story I've told many times, or a few times. Are you at a place where you say, you know what? I can't keep doing this just in uh, picture form. I've got to have an experience. I've got to get my hands on Jesus myself. I don't care if it costs me 100 pounds of aloe, and a hundred pounds of myrrh. I don't care what it costs me. I'm going to do whatever I need to do because I have been convinced that John 3.16 is for me. God loved me enough. God sent His Son for me. And I know that with everything going on in the world, in the weather and in the world, that Jesus is about to come and take the bride of Christ away and the church is about to be raptured and I don't want to be a religious person I don't want to just be associated with the multitudes and that look like salvation folks I'm going to tell you there is a form of godliness that people have but they deny the works thereof and again there is a straight road and then there's a wide road most of the people that are religious in, in nature are on the wide road and they haven't had a narrow road. They haven't had a myrrh, hallelujah, and an aloe experience. They haven't cared anymore what their peers think. They just tried to be spiritually, politically correct and God wants me to know today, I'm looking for people that want to get their hands on my son. I'm looking for people that's not just going to keep doing this thing from a distance, especially with the virus now that I can use. I'm, I'm ready for people that doesn't care if it costs me my life. I'm going to worship Jesus. I'm going to be a part of the ceremony. I'm going to be a part of his body. I'm going to do this. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for what I said just the other night. He's looking for true worshipers that worship Him in spirit and in truth. I shared this with our praise team and I'm sharing it with you today. There is people that say, well, this is what church looks like. This is what Christianity looks like. This is what salvation looks like. But the Bible says all of those things are wrong. There's one way. There's one man. His name's Jesus. He's the door. There's no other way to the Father but through Him. And unless you have said, Jesus, I am not only giving you my sins, but I am crucifying my flesh. 
I don't care about this earth anymore. I don't care about the things of this earth anymore. I have no pride anymore. My life is going to be labeled by humility. And unless you have a Nicodemus experience, friend, you're just going to walk away and you walk around just as a label only. You're not going to be somebody that's in love with Jesus. And the Lord says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day of salvation, you see. You know, you know and I'm, I'm getting close to the end here, but I want to tell you this. A lot of people, you do not realize your talk and your walk does not say, I'm a lover of Jesus. Your own talk and walk. Nobody has to do any judging. You, you offer too much free help. You see, a real, a real Nicodemus person, a person that's really got their hands on Jesus, a person that's tired of just being part of the Jewish council, you're tired of just being called a Christian or a church person, a person that doesn't care anymore, never has to be told, to read their Bible. Hallelujah. They never have to be told to worship God. They never have to be told that it's time to give God your first fruits. They never have to be told, shun the very appearance of evil. Come out from among them. A person that has died with Jesus doesn't care anymore. Nicodemus got to that place. He didn't have, he didn't have to hide at night. The Bible says that when Joseph went to Pilate, he went secretly. But at this, point, at this point in Nicodemus' life, he's probably walked away from the people that, that held him in high esteem and said, listen, I know I have seen for myself. Hallelujah. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the one that our fathers has told us about. And I have met him, and I know him, and I'm here, and I'm worshiping him, and I'm going to follow him. I'm going to be his disciple the rest of my life. And see, a lot of people aren't ready for the trumpet to sound. You think you are, but you're not ready for the trumpet to sound based on this book right here. And I want to just clear the air today and let you know that salvation will look like Jesus and nothing else. And it will always look like Jesus. Salvation won't feel comfortable cursing sometimes. Salvation won't feel comfortable looking at pornography or things on your phone or TV sometimes. Salvation won't have adulterous thoughts. Salvation won't have a lying tongue or a tongue of deception. Salvation won't enable other people. Salvation won't go around just trying to, to uh, make excuses for the way people are and the way you are. And the way. Salvation doesn't do that. Salvation says this right here. All I know is Jesus Christ, hallelujah, and Him crucified. And God is ready today. He's ready and He's waiting with open arms to receive Nicodemuses that's ready to get your hands on Him. You're tired of just being a Christian. You are hungry. And see, one of the things that's bothered me as a shepherd about all this, you won't believe the amount of people, and I'm not the only pastor that's had this to happen, but you won't believe how many people during the five months or so we were closed that said, I can't wait. Oh, I miss church. I can't wait for church to get open until it opened. 
Yeah, they could wait because they're still waiting and it's still open. And I'm not putting everybody that's not here in one category, but see, out of your own mouth, the Bible says you will be condemned and judged. Your own words will do that. And I'm sure God is wondering, why did you make that statement? Why did you say that? Why did you do that? And, and I want to ask you this since I'm on this subject, because we're talking about real transformation today. Not phony, not I saw somebody else do it, I read it on the... We're talking about biblical transformation here. I want to ask you today, how, if you are a believer, how can you make exceptions? You can treat God's house lower than you can treat drive throughs you can treat Walmart, you can treat restaurants, you can treat other places of business. How is it, knowing that the Lord said in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, as you see that day approaching, you need to gather more and more. How can you treat and call yourself a Christian? How can you treat God's house less than that? I'm telling you, you can say that I'm scared. You can say that I don't want to get anybody sick. And if you have symptoms, I've made that clear. You don't need to come. If you've been exposed and you know somebody's around you, tested positive, you don't need to come. You need to wait. The guidelines that we've been given, 14 days, you don't need to do that. But if you are not in that category, my heart burns for you and my heart bleeds for you, you can say that I'm doing this for this reason or that reason, but your own walk has already counteracted anything you would try. And that dog won't hunt, by the way. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. If you have not had any interaction with another human since the second week in March, I'm not talking to you. If you haven't been anywhere or you haven't been around anybody that has been anywhere, I'm not talking to you. But if you have, I am speaking to you today because I love you and I want you to know you are flirting with a Nicodemus religious spirit. And God wants to liberate you of that today. We do all kinds of things. not taking time up about this again today. But we, we, we do all kinds of things to keep it safe. I talked about Walmart just Wednesday night and then, then I find out the next day or whatever or the day before, it, it, the exit's open. I don't think it had anything to do with me. It might have been done a week before that. I don't keep up with it. I just know it was closed when I went by there that morning. So why am I bringing all this up? I'm bringing all this up because God said you need to bring it up. And you need to let people know that you can try to use religion to make you feel better in your biased decision-making but it's not going to work with the Lord. It's not going to work with the Lord. I am not standing in front of you right now physically because I'm practicing what I'm preaching. But a lot of you, and maybe some of you are not even of our congregation and you go to other churches, but if you've treated God's house less than you've treated a carnal world of business or a job or your child, something pertains to your children, and I know for a fact people aren't as safe as we are in here. 
then it's not between me and you, and it's not between, you're not avoiding my house, you are avoiding his house. And you can tell yourself, if you want to, whatever. And see, I'm prepared. I'm prepared for people to come in, and then the next day they go out somewhere, and they've been around. I'm prepared for people to blame it on church. But I've made a commitment to God. God, I played by the rules, we played by the rules, and we kept it safe. We kept it, we didn't work outside of the law, we didn't do that. We kept it safe. We did what we were doing, but now you, you've called on, on, when you said to open it on August the 30th, and I wasn't ready, but I'm obedient, and I opened it, we opened it on August the 30th, we did this because God said to do it. And so church, you've had your playtime, free time, whatever time you've had it, but if you're planning on going to heaven, you need to read the scriptures, and you need to see if you need to have another sit-down talk with Jesus. And I know this is not very popular at all, but I don't care. If we all go together on the first load, I'm a happy boy. You hear me? I'm happy, and that's what I'm after. And I want you to know today that I love you enough to try my best to help you in every way. And I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to die, and I could die from COVID. I could die from COVID but I will not live with fear. I'd rather die of COVID than to live one day in fear from COVID. God didn't give me fear, and I'm not going to cower down and be a Nicodemus to it now. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get my hands on his body. I'm going to sell everything I got because you know what? He's worth all the aloe and myrrh in my life. I'm going to ask you right now, because God's dealing with a lot of people in this room and out there watching and people that will watch this later. God's dealing with you, and I want every one of you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. God wants you to know that He loves you, and He is for you, and there's nothing, nothing in this life, including the virus, greater than Almighty God. We used to sing a song a long time ago. It was a great thing that He did for me. Jesus died on Calvary for the whole wide world to see. It was a great thing. There's nobody greater than the Lord. And God said, you know, that flesh and blood won't inherit the kingdom until Nicodemus, until Nicodemus surrendered to Jesus. He was not in a place where he was going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Because he was all about flesh. See, you've got to come to a place, don't care how long you've been part of the Jewish council, if you will. Don't care how long you've been at church. Don't care how many times you've visited Sunday school, taught Sunday school, or you've never done it at all. The Lord wants you to know that he loves you. And right now, God, I'm praying because you're working on people to get them ready Lord you're working on me Lord to make sure that I finish everything that I'm supposed to finish God you're working on all this and I'm asking you in the name of Jesus right now Holy Ghost would you talk to people would you speak to people Lord would you help them to see that there is a form of godliness God, but we deny the works thereof. And you want to give us mighty revival, Lord. And until we separate our lives 
from the worship of you and until we really get our hands on you and forget our religion, leave our religion and embrace you, Lord, it's not going to be what you will for us and what you prescribe for us, Lord. So I'm asking you, Lord, deal with people. Deal with them, oh God. Help them to see you're not against them. John 3, 17 says, Lord, you didn't come to condemn And I pray, God, right now, we would just allow you to be God and allow you to be truth, Lord, and help us to search our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray.